like haunts? Yes. Do you like immersive theater? Yes. Do you like escape rooms? Yes. What's the safe word? My haunt life. Hello and welcome to the My Haunt Life podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Russell. And haunt season's over. Yeah, pretty much. That went by so quick. It did. It it's kind of nuts. Very fast season. Um, but during those last couple of weeks, we definitely tried to pack in as much as we can. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Um, so you went to one of our favorite things. You're referring to Rotten Apple 907? Yeah. So yeah, this year's theme was called The Portal. Um, it was an interesting year. I know Rotten Apple... A lot of people in the haunt community know they've had a rough year. Uh, A lot of their uh, sets and prop stuff that they had in storage was actually damaged in a flood earlier this year. So uh, they were making up time and they had lost a lot of stuff that they normally put into their haunt. Uh, However, uh, Mike, that was not apparent in any way, shape or form. Uh, Rotten Apple is known for how beautiful they are, how intricate, how detailed their designs are. The rooms are beautifully, beautifully crafted. And Mike, this was absolutely definitely up to par with what they normally would do. Awesome. No, I had heard rumors that this might be their last year. Did you hear about that or get that sense? I, the only time I've ever heard about that was, um, in conjunction with, I mean, we lost Boney Island this year and because they had lost so much in the flood, I think that was a rumor thing. Okay. But I, I did not hear, I've not heard anything about that being, you know, true with rotten apple. Um, their facade was sort of a dilapidated shack in the woods kind of, vibe mike and it was beautiful nice and inside uh you kind of wandered through a forest motif you met uh a couple of witch-like characters who were uh doing various incantations etc and again this is just a home haunt with a lot of love behind it beautiful design uh, it's i'm glad i made it out uh i i literally drove over there and got in line before i had some other stuff to do that night um so again uh rotten apple keep your eye on them they are worth going to every year uh the trick with rotten apple is get there early because the lines build up Mm -hmm. and they will cut the line um probably like an hour after they open or so yeah because it gets that long yeah and people have lined up hours beforehand so if it's something you want to do and say the i think the hours are like 7 to 10 or 7 to 11 don't get there at like 9 30 and think you're just going to walk in the line will be cut at that point. So remember that for next year. And yeah, it's normally seven to 10 and they actually are, they're starting to put that on their flyers and on all their material of line may be closed earlier. If you want more information on rotten apple 907, always a really great dependable home haunt in the Burbank, California area. Look up rotten apple 907.com on the web on Facebook. Uh, do a search for rotten apple 907 and on Twitter, you can find them as rotten apple 907. And just because we have to wait another year for them to open their haunt, uh, definitely check out their site and their Twitter and Facebook because throughout the year, uh, the Myers who are behind the family behind Rotten Apple, they usually do some things throughout the year. Like they do, um, they teach classes and whatnot. And I know they've been at Midsummer Scream and Scarlet before, so keep an eye on that and keep up to date with what they're doing. 
So one of the other things you did that I couldn't join you with is because I have a job and <laughs> I couldn't get out at 2 p.m. to go to a haunt. Which, which I was I managed to do. Which just sounds weird. Like, yeah, I'm going to a haunt at 2 in the afternoon. It was a little odd, to be totally honest. It, it was, um, and, and when we get into the technical side of this, it, it did have an effect on my experience, which somebody else had mentioned to me in advance. And it affected my experience as well going in midday. It's something which I think that they will correct in the future. Uh, I went and saw Into the Black, which was out in Pomona, California. So it was about an hour drive for me, Mike, uh, in the middle of the day. And Into the Black, uh, we interviewed Larry Bones from Boneyard Effects. Wow. Several podcasts ago. March. Yeah, because it, it was that spook show. That's correct. It was a spook show. And uh, Into the Black was a creative endeavor where they tried to tackle a whole bunch of stuff. They made a short film, a sh kind of an introductory short horror film, which introduces the story and the mythology of their haunt. Actually on site, there is a VR experience that you could have paid for for a separate ticket. And then the haunt itself, which you could buy a ticket to that. And the haunt itself, Mike, you entered alone. You went through it all by yourself which you know is appealing to me because I get scared easily. <laughs> no, not you. Yeah, I do. So breaking this down a little bit, um, uh, I chose not to watch the online film at Midsummer Scream. They showed it there. I wanted to wait until closer to the haunt season, and I did. Uh, the online film uh, is, I think it's under 20 minutes long, if I remember correctly. It's basically an intro to the mythology of the Black House, Hence, into the black. I was going to make a joke about the presidency and where he lives, but I won't. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do well, that? Well, no, because I mean, there's a there's an impractical jokers episode where they try to sign a they have people try to sign a petition to turn the White House into the Black House because it's been racist far too long and ah, it's funny. Okay. All right. Never mind. Okay. Go on. A Crickets. little glimpse into what I watch on TV. <laughs> So the online film itself, I have to say, Mike, uh, I think as a horror film, it is, I hate to say cliche, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's um, the, the, the characters are sort of cookie cutter characters that you would expect to find in a horror film. Research group from a college follows a professor into the woods. Uh, you have the camera gear cynical guy. You have the girl with the crush on the professor. You have the ambitious professor who uh, is so ambitious he ignores the feelings of everyone around him. Uh, you've seen these characters before. It It is a bit on the nose and heavy-handed as far as the performance goes of the characters. However, it does its job. It sets up the mythology of the Black House. So when you go to the actual event in Pomona... Um, you can go to the VR experience, which is also a little bit more of a glimpse into that house. The VR, the VR experience, Mike, for me was enjoyable. It's, um, cause you know, you introduced me to PlayStation 4 VR. It's not that level of quality. It's, it's grainier. It's less uh, detailed. Uh, however, the thing that they do, which is really fun, is you and I have both had VR experiences where they mess with the environment around you mm -hmm. during the VR experience. No, that was in, um, not, was it Insidious? Yes, Insidious yeah. did that. So um, they had fun. 
let's just say I could tell that there were things going on around me as I was seated in the chair watching the VR experience. And there might have been things that I felt and things changing in the environment around me, which added to the VR experience. And I found it quite fun. There's a couple of jump scares. There are some really creepy images in the VR experience that focused on like darkness coming and overtaking a room that you were in, things like that. Also some creepy doll moments and some creepy little girl moments in the VR experience. And then you went from the VR experience into the haunt itself. So literally the, the film that's online, Mike, the haunt you step into is what's in the movie. Oh, cool. So you, if you watch the online movie right before you go to the haunt, you literally are stepping into the house they find in the movie. And they don't play that there? You have to watch it beforehand? Uh, I don't know if it was an option there. It's, it's on YouTube, and that's where I watched it before I drove out. So uh, the haunt itself, since you go in alone, I had a blast. It's beautifully decorated, obviously with Boneyard Effects having a, a good reputation with their work in the effects industry. It absolutely delivers on the look, the feel, the vibe. You enter this creepy house and you walk through long corridors and creatures jump out at you. Demon type characters move around you in the dark. And here's the thing, Mike, overall, it's called Into the Black. As I moved through this haunt, the rooms got darker and darker and darker. So by the time that I was at the end of the haunt, I was almost in complete pitch black rooms. Cool. So it it really does add to the effectiveness and the creepiness. The one downfall is of going at two o'clock in the afternoon. They had a light leak from the front of the building, oh. which the first couple of rooms I entered, the light leak actually affected the rooms. So hopefully that's something that they would be able to correct, you know, when they bring the haunt back. And as far as I can tell, it is their intention to bring the haunt back next year. Um, I spoke with Larry Bones uh, after I went through and, you know, he would like to go farther into this mythology of the black family and the house that disappears and that nobody knows can, nobody can find it. Nobody knows where it is in the hidden in the woods and you have stumbled upon it and you are going through to investigate. Now, as far as the scares go, Great jump scares, some of them hidden in furniture, in walls, uh, around corners, like really effective jump scares. I walked into rooms a couple of times and you think you know where the scare is coming from and they did a very good job of hitting you from an unexpected direction. Uh, and I will say this, I, you know that I am an easy get with jump scares, Mike. There were times when he's smirking at me right now. <laughs> There were times when the demons in this... Your head? <laughs> I always bring them wherever I go. The demons in the haunt chased me actually at an almost full-out run. Oh, wow. So the haunt is big enough that they could actually do that. And it was really effective. because. And there were a couple of times when you, you know this... You've, I'm sure you've heard me say this. Like there, there was one time in particular when I thought I had outrun the demon and I turn around and he's standing right next to me. It was really effective. And I, my first was like, oh, really? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and so I continued to like run around the, the furniture that was in that particular room. Uh, they had a good time with me. They really did because they obviously could tell that I was 
I was enjoying the being scared part and I was genuinely scared. So I hope Into the Black comes back and does explore this mythology. Uh, I wish they were in a different area than the Pomona Fairplex because there was nothing else around them, which I think... So it's basically, you have to plan one night. It was a destination for me. And which, because I ended up with that day off of work, that's why I went in the middle of the afternoon. So I wouldn't be dealing with rush hour traffic, etc. So it makes me wonder, so if they're open and, and, you know... Earlier, I joked, it was like, oh, at two in the afternoon, but you literally went at two in the afternoon. Yes, I did. So it makes me wonder if it's the same amount of actors inside on a two o'clock on a Thursday versus a Saturday night at eight. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't expect you to, but it's just one of those things like, you know, where, since you go through alone, where would the better time to go be? I will say I encountered a fair number of demons during this thing. Hmm. So I did not feel like the cast was sparse in any way. Oh, good. And also, some of the rooms were absolutely beautiful. There was one room in particular centered around a a Ouija board that was beautiful. Um, And uh, the hallways were very dark and creepy. They, They do have what I jokingly refer to as horror film hallways, which I don't know. I, we've never really talked about this, Mike, but do you, do you know what I mean by horror film hallways? I'm assuming, but why don't you explain it? It's the hallway that you would never find in a real house. Oh, yeah. And and the question is, Mike, how many times have you been in a house with a hallway that has absolutely no doors in it? I can't think of any. Yeah, and so the, that, that was the one thing, is there were a couple of times when I realized, like, wait... This this isn't a hallway that I would find in a real house. This is a maze, <laughs> and it's a and I'm. This is not a criticism against Into the Black. The production design, the decoration, everything was beautiful. But I always find it humorous when I'm in a haunt and I and I turn a corner and there's a hallway with no doors because hallways always have doors. So I it, it makes it immediately feel like a maze to me. It's just one of my glitchy things that I I always register when I step into a haunt. Uh, but I had a blast at this, and I hope they bring it back. I hope they have a uh, a different location, something where there's more around to do. Uh, so this is not just the only destination. And I hope this mythology continues. They have a beautiful mythology about this house where the black family disappears, and the house disappears, and no one can find the house. So that's what you're going into is the house has been discovered and you're going in after this investigative team that found the house. So, and they all died gruesome deaths, of course. Of course. So I'm I'm really glad to hear it was such a positive experience for you because I, I unfortunately didn't get to make it out to into the black, but the majority of things that I heard from people, and this is probably the only thing I heard from people before, uh, like before you went was, I want to do the VR and the haunt, but I don't even know how to buy tickets because it's the website's weird and it has two different times and the, you can't line up and stuff like that. Yeah, I actually, I think I mentioned that on an earlier podcast uh, before haunt season, the website was not user intuitive. However, if you did read in the fine print, I, and I don't know if this was in the web website originally or if they got feedback that made them add this, there was a suggestion of, we suggest you book the VR experience and then one hour later, book your haunt experience. And I chose to book it 45 minutes later because I figured at two o'clock in the afternoon, they probably weren't going to be very crowded. And you're a rebel. So Yes, I am. You know that about me. So uh, the... 
The experience for me was good. I know that they had some fire marshal problems on their opening weekend and, you know, things that haunts have to deal with. So I am glad I went out to Pomona to have this experience and I enjoyed it. And I really am curious to see if this mythology can continue because I think it's a good setup for a haunt. I really do. I had a good time at this and I love the going through alone and the demons had a good time chasing me and, and harassing me and, uh, this was not a full contact haunt. Uh, this was, uh, they did not touch me, but they had a very, very good time. Awesome. For more information on Into the Black, you can go to intotheblack.biz on Facebook, Into the Black 2018, Instagram, Into the Black 2018, and on Twitter, Into underscore the Black. Now, Mike, after I went to that, I did something which we have both heard of. And I don't think you've ever done. And this is this was my first time. <laughs> really? You're just going <laughs> to lob that softball over to me like that. Uh, okay. Just keep going. All right. Um, the Los Angeles Live Steamers Railroad Museum Ghost Train. Say that again faster. No. <laughs> also known as the LA Ghost Train. Uh, the LA Ghost Train is a family friendly event which is going on has been going on for about 15 years apparently uh they were dark last year i believe uh but they have come back this is definitely family friendly uh it is creepy and spooky so younger kids uh might not fare well this is at a place called travel town uh right near griffith park and literally what they do is there there's a like a miniature railroad museum there with tracks with trains that you that go around the tracks and you can actually ride it's sort of a miniature train and you sit down as if you're sitting on a small bench and you know you have footrests on the side of the train and they ride you through a park can you please rephrase that because that's not how you're supposed to say that (laughs) especially if it's family friendly you you (laughs) wow You sit on a train, they drive the train through a park. How about you take a ride on a train? All right, fine, we'll do that. You take a ride on a train through a park. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I just wish you were having this conversation in public and not just us two on the podcast (laughs) where there were other people around. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I went to the park. They ride you around. So, and for a very long time, by the way. Oh, um, <laughs> just dig that hole. <laughs> so, Mike, somebody had, somebody who came to me, uh, and we were having a conversation about haunts, and they mentioned since you and I are both big fans of Mabel Six Feet Under in Anaheim, they said, have you ever done the ghost train? And I said, no, I've never been able to fit it into the schedule. They said, if we liked Mabel's, we would probably like uh, the ghost train, because it's sort of the same ilk of just done from a place of love done from affection um it's it's not too far away from the los angeles haunted hayride but there's nothing immediately nearby it because travel town is is the the railroad museum area so this literally is you hop on a miniature train and they drive you through miniature towns they have decorated with jack-o'-lanterns and creepy figures and you know there are huge dark sections where you're going through the trees and there's things in the trees and it's just spooky and creepy but not to the point of being extremely gory and not to the point of being 
too terribly frightening. Is, are there actors or is it just set decorations? For the most part, it's just sets. It's like the conductors are kind of in character. Uh, you know, the conductor I had was really hamming it up a little bit, which was great. And it's pretty family friendly and it's just so charming, Mike. Um, I really want you to do this next year because okay. I think you would enjoy it the same way that we enjoy um, Mabel's in Anaheim. It's it's just obviously done from love. There's a lot of volunteers who work on this and make it a possibility to happen. So, you know, it, it's it's a fundraiser for the Railroad Museum. And it, it's it's I've heard people talk about this and how fun it is. And I just didn't get it until i actually did it mike and how long is the ride oh it's uh 15 to 20 minutes i believe okay so it, it's it's you they definitely take you all around travel town which is a small part of the griffith park area um yeah and it's it's you go through all kinds of different decorations and i i had a really really fun time definitely recommend this and if you have kids that like the creepy stuff but can't handle extremely scary this is a good intro this is really really good stuff if you'd like to learn more about the ghost train you can go to the uh, los angeles railroad museum site at lals.org and if you go to their events tab you can click on that and it will give you a link for the ghost train i'm sure they will update that uh, before the next haunt season um also you can find uh, images from past ghost train years and on facebook you can go to la ghost train all one word so another thing that you did was a home haunt mm -hmm. that you got to see at midsummer scream yeah it was very very different than what we saw at midsummer scream um it's called the opichi haunt uh designed by a young man named sam and in the past, apparently, it has been a traditional walkthrough haunt. And what he did at Midsummer Scream last year was a really enjoyable walkthrough. And what he did this year at his home haunt is completely unique. Haven't seen anybody do anything quite like this. He had a soundtrack, which he animated faces on pumpkins and timed lighting effects and fog effects and sound effects to create a Halloween variety show in his front yard. That's awesome. It was really cool. And again, family friendly. And so what would happen is this would happen in rotation. I think the show was, I think, around 15 minutes long, if I remember correctly. Um, I did it in the middle of, a, of several other things. And I showed up just as it was beginning and i stood there with eight or ten other people we watched the show uh there's two pumpkins hosting the show sort of a uh like a comedy duo of of pumpkins like us <laughs> so um you're the scary jack-o-lantern okay <laughs> i'm the goofy jack-o-lantern probably yeah um. <laughs> you're the misshapen pumpkin that got that fell uh, thank you. <laughs> well, I was, I was thinking of Friday the 13th and like Tumor Jason. It's like if that was a pumpkin. <laughs> okay. No, like, I, sorry, this is never mind. Like, I'm not calling you like Tumor, Tumor Jason, head. but for some reason I was thinking about that and I was thinking of pumpkins and then I thought it would be funny if we combine those and that would be you and never mind. Anyway, so yeah, the 
There's a whole different podcast happening in Mike's head. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole different life happening in my head. This is probably true. Uh, But the Opeechee Haunt was really, really fun. Uh, It's a North Pasadena area. And like I said, he normally does a walkthrough haunt. And next year, I talked very briefly to Sam between the shows, and he was setting up for the next one. And I believe next year he may go back to a walkthrough haunt. This was sort of an experiment on his part. I think he really succeeded. It was really fun, family-friendly. And Opichi is someone uh, that uh, has been recommended to us. And this is the first chance I think either of us had a chance to get out there. And thoroughly enjoyed what I saw, man. It, just, it was, And again, it, I'm going to say this repeatedly. Just from a place of affection for Halloween and a love for the spooky stuff. And this was fun, spooky stuff. Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about the Opichi Haunt, look up spookyscary.wixsite.com forward slash Opichi Haunt. We'll have the link to that in the show notes. Yeah, we will. Okay. <laughs> and on Instagram, look up Opichi Haunt. And on Twitter, Opichi Haunt. And Opichi is spelled O-P-E-C-H-E-E Haunt. Speaking of that other podcast in my head, like yes. now I'm thinking of a parody of Naughty by Nature's OPP. Oh, please. You down with OPG? Yeah, you scare me. You down with OPG? Yeah, you scare me. <laughs> yep. This will be our last episode of my whole life. <laughs> okay, that got me. I'm, I, I am chuckling. I am chuckling. All right. Uh, and so, Mike, from there, I drove directly over to back actually closer to my home, another home haunt. Uh, this was I did uh, for the first time, and I tried to do them last year, and timing worked against me. Uh, Spooky Hollows Legends of the Swamp in Van Nuys. Now, Mike, this is one of those where I wish you had been there because it had one of those just like you stepped through an area and it sort of unveiled itself. And I I just had this moment of like, Oh man, this is so cool. (laughs) And, um, Oh, it's called spooky hollows legends of the swamp. They actually create a swamp. That's so cool. With, with a footbridge and with a water that you, you like the water that you have to cross over the footbridge and there's fog machines going and it's creepy and dark and they have, I hope they didn't get fined for the city because of the whole drought and water <laughs> restriction thing. So not sure. Uh, there was there was water in a couple of rooms of this haunt. Um, the vibe of this was so cool. It really did feel like you were stepping into a real swamp. And Mike, they had little crocodiles snapping in the water. <laughs> and it was one of those things where that's so cool and that's so cute. <laughs> It's the little things like that that adds so much to an experience. Oh, it was as soon as I saw one kind of snap its jaws, I was like, oh my God, it's awesome. That's Be- so awesome. Because they could totally just have had the cool like atmosphere. And it's like, oh my God, this is really cool. But they take it to that next level. Oh, and yeah. Have the, the, y- snapping it, jaws. Yeah. And the exterior of the house up front, you sort of walked through a cemetery area. There were several other rooms. Uh, you met a couple of characters along the way. Uh, again, just a really, really nice, solid home haunt out in Van Nuys. Um, last year I tried to go and I got there too early and it was when, I think I was meeting you the same night. I didn't have time to wait for them to open. So I'm so glad I made it this year. 
really enjoyable. Just, yeah, a great atmosphere in this one. And I will say they use an effect, which um, is an effect that I know you're very, very fond of. Hmm. It involves fog. Oh, I thought you were going to say cattle prods. Oh, <laughs> no, it's a home haunt. Exactly. Oh, oh. Uh, if you'd like more information on Spooky Hollows, you can look them up at SpookyHollows.com. And on Facebook, uh, do a search for Spooky Hollows. So the next two home haunts we finally were able to sync back up and head to on mm-hmm. Halloween, actually. And I feel like we can replay last year's podcast with us discussing this <laughs> and have it being played now. And it will be the same thing because my main points from last year was, wow, I'm so impressed of what they did from the year before. And this year, both the clown house and the haunted shack, same thing. They blew me away this year and where they were last year versus where they were this year, they keep upping the ante and it's mind blowing to me. We first set up the clown house and you've heard us speak about the clown house a few times because when we were talking about Book of Fee, Dawson, who's behind the clown house, uh, won one of the contests. And he, you, if he used that money for this haunt, you can tell because, <laughs> wow, like it, I mean, walking through, he added so much imagination to this and so many different techniques for things like walls and um, you know, there, there is the thing, sir, there are some things he had last year, like there were drop panels and whatnot, but you know, he, cre- he had a, like a vortex this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeing what he was able to do, um, and come up with the different scares, you can tell he's learning so much, like really, really fast. There was an actual maze. Uh, yeah. I was going to go which, there if you didn't. Yeah. Like, oh, like. And it was good. It was clever above yeah. everything else. How you got through the maze and how you discovered the pathway through the maze. Uh, and it's really funny because rarely have I seen you get stumped. And there was a couple moments where all of us got stumped of like, I have no idea where oh, to go now. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. It was very clever. It was very cleverly done. And uh, some really good jump scares including a couple of round-the-corner type jump scares, uh, which definitely were extremely effective. Uh, the clown house motif, the the clowns work. They just really do. And another thing were, were the actors, because in previous years we mentioned that it was his son and his son's friends. Mm-hmm. Well, every year they get older and wiser. So this year there was a lot less of little kid actors and more actors if that makes sense like i didn't think i don't i never got what i got last year as in a rah you know where it's like you that's how little kids think they can scare you it was more of like almost like it was like professional like i did not get that at all it was very mood and tone and proximity based scares instead of the the easy rah yeah, and I will say that at one point in the middle of Clown House, you were ahead of me, and I was sort of the last person in the group, and I know that there was a jump scare for you guys, and when I rounded the corner, that actor didn't try to get me with a jump scare. All he did was he stood completely immobile, and his head moved 
following me as I moved through the room. Which is almost creepier. That was so effective. Yeah. It was so simple. But, you know, it's, and again, I think that speaks to what you were saying about these scares are getting more intelligent. Um, I did not see Clan House two years ago. I know you did. Uh, but the the improvement from last year, I thought was just light years. Like, like really, really, I really enjoyed this, particularly the maze. And definitely the characters were effective. Yeah. And, and it's a shame that it's only open a couple nights, but I understand. But this this is getting to be on par with all the other ones that we talk about that are amazing, yes. like Rotten Apple and Backwoods and stuff. Like, this is this there. Yeah. You know, even... Like last year when the the ringmaster was letting people in, it was a pullover mask. And this year, you I couldn't tell if it was a mask or if it was prosthetics. Like it was just everything. The ante was up with this one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Thoroughly enjoyed the clown house. And for more information on the clown house, and it's clown house with a K, go to theclownhouse.com on Facebook, the clown house on Instagram and Twitter. Also the clown house. And a couple miles away is another home haunt that is just top notch. And again, this year blew me away. Um, And that's the Haunted Shack. And both of these are in Torrance. Russell, last year, the big thing we were super excited about at the Haunted Shack was they had two paths. Yes. And I believe they had two paths this year as well, but we only got to see one. Well, in the middle, we sort of split at one point in the middle of the haunt. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, there maybe there's more than two. I don't know. But the he- there's a couple really big things here that they did that just my jaw was on the floor. One of them was the bed. Yes. And the other was the walkway. Yeah, the bed was amazing. And it's a... Uh, you- because they may use the effect next year, so I don't want to get too spoilery. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you walked into a bedroom. There were a couple of characters in the bedroom, but the exit from the bedroom was hidden from you. Mm -hmm. And the way they revealed that and the creepiness of the characters before it was clear as to how you were going to get out of this situation, so effective. Like Seeing stuff like this makes me glad I stopped doing a haunt. Because there's no way I could be at this level. And I would just get mad at myself because I wasn't there. Uh, like, no, so you, no you, you can't say that to me because I know I have heard some of your creative ideas. And I know you could be at that level. Oh, idea wise, I can blow any of them away. <laughs> it's the actual doing that's my problem. But seriously, like, I mean, what? you witness in people's backyards right. and driveways and front yards. It's... Yeah. And, and both with the clown house and the haunted shack, particularly in the clown house. Um, I was surprised at how big the footprint of the maze was really. It was like, I was surprised. I was not expecting to spend as much time in the clown house and the haunted shack is the same way. It's so much bigger than you ever think it will be. Oh yeah. And you know, these rival like professional haunts at this point. Yes. You know, and I mean, it's unfortunate uh, Big Worm Sherwood Scare isn't around. It's been dark for the past few years, but same thing. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I would rather pay like that money to go see these haunts than a universal. And because they're, I mean, granted they don't have universals money. So maybe the props aren't as perfect or, but the ingenuity and the love it's there because universally you're just walking through. It's like, oh, cool. There's a shining prop. 
awesome. Ooh. Yeah, you and, know, I, and like, I, especially this year, I heard Universal was disappointing to a lot of people this year. And I was not disappointed with any of the home haunts I went to, that's for sure. Yeah. So this is turning into a PSA to go to home haunts, I guess. But <laughs> seriously, it's like, we can't stress this enough. And it's tough because some of them, you know, because they're home haunts, people have jobs and kids and they want to enjoy Halloween. So a lot of times they're only open on maybe the Saturday before Halloween and Halloween. Right. Um, only but, a few nights. But places like Backwoods and Rotten Apple, they're open uh, almost maybe like three weekends um, prior to Halloween. So definitely make sure you check out home haunts next year seriously because you will be amazed and they keep getting better and it blows my mind for more information on the haunted shack go to thehauntedshack.com on facebook the haunted shack and on twitter the haunted shack so after all the home haunts russell you went to see one of our friends uh zombie joe yes i actually went and saw a production which has been running wednesday nights it started during the haunt season and i will say that it uh ends november 15th though so there is a chance to catch the show called deviled at zombie joe's underground theater now we've talked about urban death on this show we've talked about other shows like blood alley christmas or blood alley and and this mic is a format similar to those shows in the fact that it is vignettes or scenes usually uh with you know lights will dim lights will come up and another scene will begin however uh the difference in deviled is it's more i think thematically i was about to say cohesive but that's not the right word um, it's more thematically straightforward. There's less variety here. And I do not mean that as a criticism. There's a tone about Deviled, which is extremely consistent from beginning to end. It's very dark. It's very creepy. It is very, very sensual in many ways from beginning to end. There is some nudity in this show. Most of the cast is either naked or nearly naked. And there are some very adult themes and images explored during the course of this show. So maybe it's not really called deviled and it's deviled. <laughs> you go with that. Go ahead. Um, I will say that this has a very powerful female energy about the show there is a lot of the imagery centers on the worship of a female form or a particular female character there's a very tribal feel to this and there are moments of gentleness and there are moments of power most of those are centered on the female characters however the male characters are extremely important in this ensemble because they help create this tribal, sometimes animalistic vibe that the whole cast just exudes. So I really, really enjoyed this. And I will say this, Mike, there were two sequences in this show that rival some of my favorite things my favorite moments i've ever seen in zombie joe's oh awesome one in particular is um again since it's still running i don't want to i don't want to give too much away but a man punishing himself and then becomes almost a sacrificial lamb for 
the for the need to be given to someone and the performance the the imagery of that and how it is drawn out and and executed was really powerful for me and it really hit me hard it was and to be totally honest i'm not exactly sure why that particular moment but the way that scene developed was just perfectly paced and perfectly executed for me uh and since this is again not going to give a specific spoiler since this is very female centric i think in many ways um they do explore the power that women have that men will never have and that is the power to create life and the way they deal with the creation of life is oh man darkly comic but also truly disturbing so i really really enjoyed deviled i really did i think the cast is excellent for this the the whole vibe of the show the whole tribal feel the whole really gritty dirty feel of this show worked for me really really well uh i i thoroughly enjoyed this show that's so rad and you went while urban death tours of terror was still happening so was all the plastic gone from the maze oh oh Oh, plastic from the maze um yes oh that's got to be a pain to set set up and take down i think urban yeah i I, oh wow was urban death still running well yeah during the haunt season they started during wow you're right that would have been a pain to set that maze up and tear it down um yeah it uh they they use the lobby in a very different manner. Interesting. I will I will leave it at that. And uh, I witnessed someone who was utterly terrified of the idea of immersive theater, and they had heard about other Zombie Joe shows, I think, you know, Brave the Dark or whatever, and they were very, very nervous, and uh, Zombie Joe actually said, go ask that guy! <laughs> and so i i kind of consulted with someone like you know what are they going to do to me and i was like seriously uh like trust me you'll be fine and they were fine this is not an immersive show this is not a show where the actors can touch you um uh you will move around a little bit during the show uh for reasons of space but uh you know this 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 is not an interactive show uh i really really liked this entry in the zombie joe year that's for sure For more information on Zombie Joes, you can look up zombiejoes.com on Facebook, ZJU Theater, and on Instagram, Zombie Joes, and on Twitter, Zombie Joes. And then you went back to Creep. Yes, Creep and The Lore show, which they have been doing in conjunction with the Amazon Prime series for the podcast Lore. The reason I went back is I... You know, we talked about this on the podcast. I had sort of a clunky show the first time I went, but I really liked the atmosphere and the world that they had created. And I'm glad I went back because, Mike, my second experience was so much better than my first experience. Oh, good. Um, I think the they found a better flow and groove through the course of the run. And I'm really glad I, I gave that show a second chance because I, I really wasn't satisfied with my first time through. And um, it it was worth going back. And I got different scenes than the first time that I went through. That's what I was going to ask you, if you were able to get 
um, different things happening to you. Um, yeah, I saw a different angle of some of the medical stuff, and I got a different story in one of the group scenes uh, where they kind of peel you off and you get different stories. I got a different story this time. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, there was there was definitely better flow. Uh, it, it really, really worked nicely this time. I'm really glad I gave Lore another chance. That's awesome. It makes me wonder, though, because this really has nothing to do with Halloween. So it makes me wonder if this is something that could run year round or be extended because the podcast and a TV series, like, sure, it makes sense during Halloween because it's dark and creepy, but it's not a horror thing, really. I mean, it's horror, but it's not gory. It's not like scary to, I think, a lot of people. It's more creepy right so i think this is something that could possibly like keep running i i would love to see that and i agree with you and it's funny i um i went to a dinner uh recently uh with a large group of people and somebody there was lamenting that they had not been scared during the entire haunt season and they were griping and they were complaining and they were really really being annoying (laughs) about how much they hated everything and you know, I said, well, what have you seen? And they brought up lore. They brought up the Creep LA show. And I said, what did you not enjoy about that? It was like, nobody jump scared me. Nobody leaped out at me. Nobody screamed at me. Like, it's not that it type wasn't of show. Scary. And I literally was sa- I, I just said exactly what you just said. I said, it's not that type of show. And their response was, but it's the haunt season. It should be a haunt. So they were upset that it wasn't the type of show they went in expecting or wanted. They don't understand how marketing works. So, and 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 here's the thing: like nothing in their marketing says jump scare. Nothing in their marketing says haunt. Yeah, I think it says like an experience based on the TV series and podcast lore. Exactly. And so I was very surprised by that attitude. Um, that person didn't seem to like anything. And Russell, you're a fan of the lore podcast, right? Yes, I am. All right, hold on. What are you looking at me like that for? I have I have a present. It it usually freaks me out when you say hold on because something usually is <laughs> What? It's a a print signed by Aaron Menke from Lore. What? Uh, what? <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. That's it. You're giving this to me? <laughs> no, I <laughs> just I, Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That is so beautiful. Wow, I am just like like I'm blown away. It's beautiful. It's um, it's people in a cemetery attending a funeral and uh, in the rain, and signed by Aaron Mickey. Wow, man, dude. Wow, man. Wow, man. <laughs> I'm I'm tongue tied. Wow, that's very kind of you, sir. That's very cool. I uh, um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's very cool. So since you're tongue-tied, I'll take this part. Um, Go for, for more it. information on Creep LA and Lore, the apparently not haunt, um, go to CreepLA.com, Facebook, Creep Los Angeles, Instagram and Twitter, Creep Los Angeles. And speaking of immersive theater, I went and saw the latest from Shine On Collective called Sweet Dreams. And this was sort of a follow-up, Mike, to something that they had, and a story they'd introduced at the Fringe Festival earlier this year. 
Uh, they also and, took it to San Diego. They and took then Midsummer Scream. Yeah, and in Midsummer Scream, there was a little bit more added to the chapter. Um, this was uh, a mixed bag for me, to be totally honest. They had a beautiful location. Uh, there was a house near downtown Los Angeles, which they uh, performed the show at. And you moved through the garden. You moved in and out of the house. They utilized the space really, really well. Uh, Story-wise... There was some really fascinating stuff going on here, Mike. The story was you showed up and you entered a dream state. They actually gave you a sedative. Not really. Like, <laughs> wait. <laughs> wow. No, Shine On wouldn't do that. Shine On, <laughs> Shine On treats their patrons well. <laughs> that came out sounding wrong. Um, you, uh, you had the chance to enter a dream state at the beginning of the show, and you were informed that in this dream, uh, there was someone lost, perhaps a princess, and you met a prince who explained that he had been searching for the girl of his dreams. So what you needed to be is you needed to be a hero to come into the dream world and make the ending of, and they all lived happily ever after, come true. It, really yes but it's haunt season it should be a haunt <laughs> well i'm just kidding i don't mean it like that but that seems like an like an odd thing to do during october it had its dark elements definitely it, it um as the, sh the the show progresses you get some really interesting elements about uh the 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 wow i i'm like fumbling at how to express some of what was what was put before me uh the princess may not want to be found uh she may be his girl of his dreams but he may not be the guy of her her dreams so you have that going on you learn a little bit about the family of people involved in this story uh you don't know if the prince to be quite honest, deserves her or has earned the right to stand by her side. All of these are questions that kind of get unraveled during the course of the show. And during the course of the show, there's other things. I, I absolutely really enjoyed a sequence where um, someone brought up the, the darkness of certain fairy tales. For example, there is, you know, the version of Sleeping Beauty where she bears children while still asleep and you know things like that and there's so there's a darkness to these fairy tales that can be found that seems like it would be an easy pregnancy though <sighs> you can uh, write mike at mike at my with all those protests even. <laughs> i'm just being an optimist i mean i've never given birth i uh, can't yeah. because i'm male but from all the things i see about women giving birth they're screaming and you know so if you're asleep and you sleep through it I mean, granted, you won't have that, like, oh, my God, this is a ch my child, but I, you yeah. don't get the pain. I was not thinking about that. Okay. Valid point, perhaps. No, no, perhaps it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Valid point. <laughs> um, and there is some darkness. There are things in the dreams wanting the princess to not wake up, perhaps. So all of this is explored through an immersive theater piece as you're wandering around this house, meeting various characters. And, and, and I got de derailed there for a second by what you were saying. Um, there's a fascinating sequence when they were talking about the darkness and they compared the mythology of the sleeping princess to Lazarus or the resurrection of Christ, 
which I know is a, a bit of a weird leap to make, but it is one of those um, Christian themes that some people point to sometimes um, concerning the sacrifice of the female for the male. It's, like, it's one of those those weird mythology things that I really am not interested in exploring, but the fact that they brought it up in the way they did in the show and as part of the dialogue, I thought was utterly fascinating. Um, for me, the show didn't quite work 100% for a simple story reason. And the story reason for me was that I felt I hadn't spent enough time with the prince at the beginning of the story, Mike. It's the story of your life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So you're feeling ornery today. What's going on with you? <laughs> so I didn't I didn't necessarily feel like I trusted him that he warranted the happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I totally walked into that. Wow. You're talking about me today? <laughs> All right. So the happily ever after. Um, so, so I, so it became a little uneven because then you go and you meet, uh, uh, Rose, who is the, the girl who's, you know, supposedly lost in the stream. And, uh, it, it, I don't know. There was something about that that didn't somehow gel for me, but it had all of the things about Shine On Collective, which I've enjoyed in the past of, odd interpretation of dance moments or, or uh, dance sequences to interpret story, po interpret story points. Everything about Shine On that I enjoy was present, but for some reason it just didn't quite gel in this show. However, I will say that I enjoyed this show more than the last show from Shine On that we saw, which was, what, In the Wild? Mm -hmm. Into the Wild? Um, uh, in the Wild. So I, I enjoyed this more than that, but still I think Shine On is one of those groups that they're doing something nobody else in this town is doing. Their stuff has a completely unique feel to it. The way they use movement, the way they use dance, uh, everything from pantomime to, you know, uh, uh, spying on each other the way we, we did. We At one point, we were looking through windows of the house, spying on other scenes that were going on. There's some fascinating stuff going on. It just story-wise didn't quite gel for me this time. But still, Shinon is a company that I really, really like their experimentation. So I definitely recommend following Shinon, and it's just that this particular show didn't speak to me. But I think it's just the story that didn't speak to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think they did a good job, just didn't really call my name somehow. No, That's but... because apparently she was asleep. Yes, she was. So, so. she couldn't call your name. Right. Oh. She was bearing children. <laughs> I did particularly like the ending of the show. The happy ending? Well, melancholy ending. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh there the idea where the the patrons actually come forward and actually by reading passages address some of the fairy tale endings and variations on what that might be. I thought that was really interesting. There's definitely interesting stuff here. It just didn't call to me personally, but really like shine on and what they're doing and how they're experimenting. Nobody else in town. It, 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 literally, I can honestly say Mike at this point, because I've been through several other shows now, 
Shinon is developing a style that is very distinctly Shinon Collective. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it's like it, it's yeah, and this you know this this which, I think reinforces which is awesome. Oh yeah, because they're not cookie cutter. Uh, some like they don't go to a show and be like, oh my god, I really like this show. So that's everything that we're gonna do. Like right. every show that I've seen from them has been pretty different. No, and, but and, it's and like in the same style. There's some very fascinating stuff going on. Absolutely. So keep an eye on Shine On Collective. You can find them at shineoncollective.com. On Facebook, search The Shine On Collective. For Instagram, Shine On Collective. And on Twitter, Shine On Shows. So, Russell, it's not very often where we see a show, enjoy the show so much, but as soon as the show ends, be like, what the hell did I just see? Yeah. And that happened uh, this past week with caught which is happening at the think tank gallery and i feel like there's really not much we can say because of how it takes place anything that we talk about would kind of ruin it for that person going to see it for the first time i totally agree with you um however i will say i loved this evening i did too in but again what the hell did we see? We know what we saw, right. but what the hell did we see? Like this was such a a mind mash of storytelling. Yeah, and I guess I guess you would consider this to have four acts to it, probably, and it is inspired by dissident art, uh, which uh, references an art district in China. That is um, maybe a puppet of the government, maybe not a puppet of the government. However, that's not really what this evening is. (laughs) Caught is a show where you enter, you witness some beautiful artwork, and you meet an artist who talks about the journey of how this art collective began. That is literally almost all we can say other than this. This show is sort of like, you know what it's like? It's it's like a Russian doll, you know, the wooden mm-hmm. Russian doll where you open the large one and there's a different one inside that. And then there's a different one inside that. And then there's a different one inside that. That's what this evening felt like to me. It was like every time I turned a corner, I was blindsided by something. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You do not see anything that happens coming. Absolutely. And I particularly for me, Mike, the reason this show works is because of the cast. Two reasons, I, in my opinion, the cast and not knowing. True. Going in knowing nothing will make this show that much better. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in the second act, there are some performance moments that are astoundingly subtle and devastating and shocking and funny and it sets up the rest of the show perfectly Mm -hmm. and that goes back to the first act where you have a very sincere moment with uh you know one of the artists so All I can say is this, I got something from this show where I walked away going, I have never seen anything quite like this. Agreed. Yeah, there's a lot of wall breaking. Yeah. 
it's fascinating. It is fascinating to witness. And one of the other things I wanted to mention, um, people that listen to this podcast, um, a lot of you love immersive theater. This is being billed as immersive theater, but it's not the immersive theater where you will be talking to a character or where you can make decisions. It's more immersive as in, if you remember us talking about uh, To the Wilderness, um, The Day Shall Declare It. It's like that, where it's there. they at points will move around you and things like that. But it's not, you will not be changing the story in any way. True. But if you were a fan of just good theater that's not theater but it is yeah like it's not a proscenium <laughs> show so no. much at times it feels like it but it's but it's really not it's just it's just so good it's so well done and at times incredibly funny and at times incredibly moving mm-hmm. and thought-provoking and it really will make you think it oh, will yeah. make i left there wondering who you are russell oh i i understand. <laughs> you know yeah I understand. So yeah, so to everyone listening, we're sorry we're being super, super vague, but trust us, if you see this show, you will understand. Um, and this this first started in New York, right, Russell? And they won an Obie Award? Uh, the play was done as, I believe, a standard proscenium play and is an Obie Award winning play. And what does that mean for us non-theater people? Uh, it's one of the prestigious New York theater awards. Okay. So it means a lot. So it's, yeah, it's, it's significant. Okay. Definitely. So right there, I mean, you know, it's going to be good, I guess. So it, <laughs> <laughs> or somebody who thought it was good. So yeah. yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this piece and recommend to anyone interested in provocative theater and immersive theater, both. Yeah. And seriously, do not look for spoilers. Do not ask your friend, how was it? Do not ask anything that happened because it will ruin your experience. Trust us. And for more information to to apply for tickets, because you have to apply and they have to approve you because, yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll understand. Um, Go to thinktank.gallery on Facebook, Think Tank Gallery, Instagram and Twitter, Think Tank DTLA. This is also put on in association with Firefly Theater. Um, And you can find them on the web at Firefly Inc. On Facebook, Firefly Theater Films, and that's T-E-R in theater. And on Twitter, Firefly Inc., and also the Xiong Collective. That's the X-I-O-N-G dot C-N. Um, so we'll have all those links in the show notes as well. And speaking of theater, Russell, you went to one of the staples that you never miss during October, <laughs> uh, Wicked Lit. So actually, it's becoming now the tradition is November because they are uh, God bless Unbound Productions and Wicked Lit because they always run into November. Uh, and it's become a tradition for me to get together with some friends and see them at Wicked Lit in November. Uh, I went the other night. Wicked Lit is unique in the fact that uh, it's site specific theater where the plays happen and there are multiple plays. There are three plays with a wraparound story which is sort of the connecting tissue of the evening so this year as for the last few years it was at the uh mountain view mausoleum and cemetery in altadena california and the plays this year uh covered everything from egyptian curses to uh (laughs) very very odd restless spirit stories 
Uh, and uh, once again, this is just a wonderful, wonderful night. This is a night that takes almost three hours to unfold. So the key to Wicked Lid is always dress warmly if you're going later in the run because it got really, really chilly and wore comfortable shoes. Now, I began with Toth's Labyrinth, which was uh, an exploration of an Egyptian curse. And Mike, this was interesting because Wicked Lit is experimenting a little bit more with their format. And we actually broke up into three different groups, our little group of audience members, where we were at each follow two different characters. And then at the end of that show, you find out how all of those characters relate to one another. So that was a little fascinating and a little bit of an immersive thing that I have not seen Wicked Lit do quite this extensively before. So if you go back a second time, you could have explored a slightly different path during that show, which is really interesting. Uh, and also uh, The Open Door, which was a very, very creepy, haunting story of a child who senses a spirit nearby and becomes ill and the father and mother against unbelievable protests from the local town and the logical people who don't believe in ghosts uh, go ghost investigating themselves and find out that some spirits are real and they get to the bottom of what might be making their son ill. So that was a fascinating story. And my favorite of the evening is the damned thing, uh, which uh, this was a wonderful, wonderful, intense story of a man who discovered an evil can i make a bad joke yeah, sure go ahead wouldn't it be water what do you mean the damned thing wouldn't it be water yeah the damned thing the damned thing is water i have no idea what you're saying <laughs> because when you have a dam it's for water so you so the damned thing is water yep we're almost at the end of this podcast. Wow. You actually had to explain that joke to me. That's not the first one. <laughs> Just saying. Somebody said, do you really jokes are supposed to be funny? I think somebody said that to me recently. Oh, that's hilarious. There are people laughing right now. Yeah. Because right. they're like, oh my God, that's so clever. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So. And if you did laugh at that, please tweet us. Hashtag I laughed. <laughs> No, nobody. Or, nobody's tweeting us. Or hashtag. Nobody, nobody's hashtag. hashtag or anything. hashtag. Mike's jokes are dumb. <laughs> so, um, uh, the damned thing was a really intense kind of ghost story, even though the evil may not necessarily be a ghost in this particular story. And it's water. It's not water. <laughs> <laughs> it's not haunted water. So. Uh, Really clever staging. Uh, for those of you who don't know Wicked Lit, uh, it takes place inside a mausoleum. And you actually, during the course of this particular portion of the show, you went into an actual cemetery and they staged uh, portions of the show in a cemetery. And here's the cool thing, Mike. When the evil uh, presents itself and has to be dealt with, the way they staged it... And I don't want to give all of their secrets away. But let's just say that if you're outdoors in a cemetery and there's evil approaching you, uh, the trees would reflect that. The trees moved. Oh, cool. They actually, you, you, and, it, and you saw it. 
the way it's lit, you actually saw the different branches move. Was it lit wickedly? Yes, it was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you can tell it's near the end. <laughs> so, um, uh, that was my favorite sequence overall. And the wraparound was called Lilium, which was sort of a purgatory type area where when you found out, uh, when you arrived, you found out that you, the audience, had recently died. And the whole course of the evening was uh, you were waiting for the chance to go through the gates to go to heaven or hell. And the way that they were entertaining themselves while they were waiting there, the, the people who were there before us, uh, they were telling these stories as reliving some misery that you could relate to or reflect on or be entertained by. So I, I got to say, uh, I got asked because, you know, if you're a patron and you show, you're here at Lilium, you're obviously deceased. So one of the characters walked up to me and said, so if you don't mind me inquiring, may I ask about your passing? Can you guess what my answer was? <laughs> There's going to be so many ways. <laughs> so I, I looked him in the eye and went, cannibals. Why would I have guessed that? I was thinking real life stuff, like <laughs> no, no. with all the hospital stuff and like, or an extreme haunt, like, oh, no, no. the extreme haunt left the Cannibals. bag on too much, too long. Animals. So the That's... actor actually re <laughs> reacted so well. His eyes got wide. And he was like, oh my. <laughs> I said, yeah, it was a rough night. And he said, may I ask how? <laughs> and so I said, well, I was on this adventure. And he was like, so this was your vacation? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, it's not my day job. It's like, wait, so you died from cannibals on your vacation? That's horrible. <laughs> we had fun. We were having a good time. Cannibals are always fun. So, eh, well. Uh, anyway, so uh, Wicked Lit, once again, uh, well worth spending time there. Uh, Unbound Productions. Uh, I want to highlight something about some people don't realize about Wicked Lit is they actually do productions throughout the year, Mike. Sometimes they've been at horror conventions that we've gone to. They have done something called History Lit or Mystery Lit uh, at various times during the year. Uh, so you should definitely check them out. Find out what they're doing. Give these guys a chance at some point if you've never attended one of their shows they do something again, like we were talking about Shine On earlier. Nobody does what Wicked Lit does like Wicked Lit does it. And it's so cool. It's so unique. Their location, which they've been for the last several years in the mausoleum, works so well for them. It, it's such a creepy, a creepy atmosphere. And it, not immersive necessarily in much interaction, Mike, but it's immersive in the environment. And you walk through and you see these plays unfold. Uh, you know, you and I both have seen other productions at this location and it's such a great location and the shows this year were universally strong. My personal favorite was the damned thing just cause it was so creepy and wet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So if you want more information on wicked lit, you can go to unboundproductions.org, Look up wicked lit on Facebook and on Instagram, it's Unbound Productions. On Twitter, it's Unbound Prod LA. And I think, Mike, that basically wraps up sort of the, the end of our Halloween. Yeah, we, we like, has a sad. Uh, I understand. I can relate to your sad. Um, but it, it's nice that, you know, 
the the home haunt scene in this area in particular is so cool and so vibrant. Well, not only that, it's definitely bleeding over into the immersive theater scene. Like how many shows have we seen in the past year that have happened at private residences? That's very true. Throughout the year. Yes. I, you know, like the, the last few days of the haunt season definitely were kind of a whirlwind of catching up on different variety types of shows and, and uh, that's that's kind of the blessing of living in Southern California is you do have opportunity to see a wide variety of shows. Um, you know, at the beginning of the haunt season, Mike, we were kind of talking about it was sad that Delusion wasn't running this year. And, you know, the only new big immersive thing was the Creep lore show. Uh, but still, um, even though I don't think there was anything. And no extreme haunts. And no extreme haunts. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know if Heretic, I know Heretic did like a thing. I but... think Heretic was in another city. Um, so yeah, nothing made a big splash, nothing. So it, it was, it was sort of a weird year in the fact that usually like something new hits the scene and nothing ha- like that happened this year, but still I thought it was a good solid season. I'm glad I was able to go to Vegas twice um, for, we did, we did Fright Dome there and uh, we also did the Freakling Brothers. So mm-hmm. uh it was definitely a good solid season. I'm hoping next year brings even more variety. Yeah. And, and hopefully, and that's what I'm worried about because I, a lot of this year, you know, there were, because of the, this, we're still feeling the ghost ship fire in Oakland. Yes. I you know, so, so like with LA and their permitting and they're cracking down on that. Locations we, are tough. Yeah. And I just hope it gets better. Uh, and I know like Noah and Leia, that his, that team are working to change that and to get, to have it be more accessible for people and easier for people to get permits in this city. So, you know, fingers crossed for them and. Yeah. Hopefully that'll help the haunt scene next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, really quick. I do have a couple of shout outs. Uh, Mike, I last, uh, last podcast, uh, we, I I talked about going to Vegas at Freakling brothers and people I'd run into there. And you know what? Uh, I lifted everybody. I left out a couple people and I just want to make that right. So Morgan and Megan, we got distracted about the whole, you know, romper room and the magic mirror and, and all of that. So uh, nothing personal. Uh, Morgan and Megan, uh, it was good to run into you ever so briefly. I barely saw them, Mike, when I was in Vegas, but uh, I definitely want to say hi to them. And also uh, somebody came over from England. Yeah, Morgan. <laughs> I'm Morgan. Uh, Vicky, our friend Vicky, who um, uh, she met us when we saw Caught down at think tank gallery and mike this is uh, did you this is what she gave me nice (laughs) because you always hurt yourself so (laughs) very funny we'll explain what it is um uh vicky gave me a first aid kit (laughs) except it was filled with various forms of kit kat which you cannot easily find in this country Mm. so and she gave me a tag that this was for medicinal purposes so, um, so, and it has like, uh, the dark chocolate Kit Kat and the cookie dough Kit Kat and the extra milk, uh, and cocoa Kit Kat and the peanut butter Kit Kat bites. And yeah, so nice. Yeah. That was very, very kind. Thank you so much, Vicky. Really, really appreciate it. And I just want to give a shout out to Andrea and Tom. Um, they are huge supporters of, of my hot life and just great people. And they started their own podcast and I'm going to assume it's just because of us, because 
we're so awesome and we inspire people to want to do their own thing, even though it probably has nothing to do with us at all. I'm just going to think that. This is the way Mike thinks. (laughs) Andrea and Tom have a new podcast called The Other Castle, where they go through the stories and plots of old video games that you may not have thought had storylines. That's actually interesting. Yeah, that's it is. cool. Yeah, Except even from me, who's not a big gamer person, mm-hmm. that kind of actually sounds cool to well, me. And the, the fun thing is, is like they've like done mostly like '80s and '90s games, so oh, wow. it's not like you know the game that came out last week. Because nowadays, games are movies, right? You know, so but yeah, it's it's fun and they're really funny and like they're pretty newly married, and you can tell they're still in love and all that crap but yeah wow. it's cool <laughs> cynical mike <laughs> no it's awesome it's just jealousy okay um but yeah so check them out check the other castle out on itunes if you're into games and funny coasts cool so does that wrap it up that better wrap that gavel up b yep that's it um for more information on us, you can find us on the web at myhauntlife.com and all the social media at myhauntlife. You can email us at mike at myhauntlife.com with two S's and two L's or russell at myhauntlife.com with M-I-K-E. And you can leave us a text or a voicemail on the haunt line, 515-HAUNT-LA. And that's it for yep. now. So I'm Russell. I'm Mike. See ya. Later. Get out. Mm. We're done for now. Mm. For, uh, to keep an eye on Shine... Hi, here's what? (laughs) (laughs) Let's try that again. Where I don't offer any specific detail whatsoever. (laughs) Two in a row. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Do you always want to do that whole part again? Yes, I do. Yeah.